Aloysia woke from a world of darkness into a room with barely anything in it. Her body felt like jelly, and there was a pulsating in her head that was causing a headache which made her grit her teeth. She wanted to move, but her body felt detached from her brain, and no matter how much she tried to tell her body to turn, it just lay there, lifeless. There was a numb pain in her right shoulder. She strained to look at it, and she gasped as she observed the sea of red around it. She felt her heart start to beat fast and a sense of panic creeping in. Where the hell am I? Start small. I'm laying on a bed, she mumbled. She strained her eyes left and right and took note of the empty space. There was a drip beside her bed and she watched as the liquid dripped into a pipe and traveled down the long tube into her arm. How is that possible? A headache was getting worse, and she could feel an overwhelming sense of exhaustion slowly creep in. She tried to move yet again, but the fatigue caught up with her, and she was forced to surrender to the darkness again. Aloysia opened her eyes in a familiar room. Is this a dream? She pondered aloud, as she noticed her favorite dolls, Molly and Polly, sitting atop her cabinet. She got to her feet and started walking around the room in amazement. None of it happened. It's just a dream, she said, smiling. She stared at her clothes on the floor, her unkempt bed, and she smiled. She walked to the mirror and stared at her freckled face and the acne around her cheeks. Something doesn't feel right. The door to her room swung open, and a seven-year-old boy walked in, sobbing. My shirts are getting smaller, he exclaimed, pointing to his right arm jutting out of his small shirt. Alessia turned to him and smiled. It's because you're getting older, Antonio. I don't want to get older. I like my shirt, Antonio said, folding his arms and scuffing. You have to get older, Alessia responded, rubbing his head. You're going to be a very strong man indeed. Antonia started tapping her arm. What is it, Antonio? He grabbed her arm and started talking towards the door. I want to show you something. What do you want to show me? Mommy, Antonia said quickly. She took out Mr. Finn. Mommy only wants to clean out the tank, Aloysia said, rubbing the young boy's head. No! Mommy doesn't like Mr. Finn. She wants to kill him, Antonia said, his voice shaky, his hands trembling. I really doubt that, Antonio, Aloysia said dismissively. She is. Mom took him out of the tank and put him in a bag. Now she wants to put more water in the tank. I was telling her not to make it too high because Mr. Finn wants to breathe. Aloysia smiled. Mr. Finn is a fish. It needs water to live. So, Mr. Finn is drinking all the water, he asked. Aloysia laughed. Why do you think that? Mom says I need to drink water to stay devibrated. So am I a fish too? Dehydrated, not devibrated. Would you like to be a fish? Aloysia said, falling to her knee. Antonio nodded. But I don't want to lose my favorite shirt, he responded, sniffing. Come here, Aloysia said, grabbing him. There are going to be so many shirts for you soon. You'll get tired of wearing them. Just you wait and see, 
Aloysia said, squeezing him tightly. She felt a pang of sadness as she began to realize why she felt something was wrong. This is not real, Aloysia said to herself. She closed her eyes. I never want to lose you, she said into his ear. Aloysia opened her eyes in the barren room. She felt a cool breeze from the window and she shivered. Her eyes are fucking open, Volta said. Aloysia's eyes shifted in his direction. Did you give her enough? Volta screamed. A man in blue scrubs appeared in her view and gasped. I don't think I gave her enough. I will have to up her dose, he declared. I thought you were a doctor, you stupid fuck. How could you miscalculate that? Volta billowed. Aloysia felt like she needed to say something, but she was too weak. She could feel the pressure in her right arm, but her body was not responding to the instructions from her brain. Where am I? She wanted to scream. Then she felt something cold in her arm. The sense of darkness became a wave over her, and she felt her body being dragged into the darkness of exhaustion. Aloysia opened her eyes in the dining room of her former home in the colony district. She felt a tug on her head, and she looked back at the man grasping her hair. What do we do with them, boss? The man shouted. I beg of you, do not harm them, the voice of her father called out in a pained tone. Shut the fuck up, the guard behind him yelled as he sent a fist into his face. Calm down, Arnold, the cold voice of Mike said. Let's not get too crazy in front of them, she said, pointing to Aloysia, Antonio, and their mother. I'll figure out what to do to them later. You, however, Mike said, laughing, you have a date with destiny. Herman, lock those kids up in the room while we deal with this piece of shit. Herman tugged Aloysia's head back, and she felt herself being dragged against her will. She wanted to fight, but she did not have the strength. Herman flung her and Antonio into a dark room and left them there in silence. Antonio scurried into Aloysia's arms as she trembled in fear. What are they going to do to Dad? Antonio asked. Aloysia shook her head vigorously. I need you to be quiet, Antonio. Now more than ever, Aloysia said, rubbing his head. Who are the men? Are they bad men? What are they going to do to Papa? Shh. Everything is going to be fine, my love, she said. She could hear Antonio breathing shallowly. She hugged him tighter as the seconds flew by. She felt his tears run down her arm, and she felt a sunken feeling of despair take over her. The tears started to stream down uncontrollably. She could hear muffled screams from the other side of the door, and she could only imagine what was going on. Then, there was a loud bang, and she felt her heart sink. She felt the world beneath her shift, and she felt like she was floating in nothing. She kept saying, everything is going to be fine. Even as she felt her grasp on Antonio fade away, everything is going to be fine. Aloysia opened her eyes in the empty room. The pain in her shoulder was unbearable. She clenched and unclenched her left arm. At least I can move now, she muttered. Harnessing as much strength as she could, she forced herself up from the bed and sat up on the side. She was panting furiously. There was a mirror hanging from the wall in front of her. I have to see what happened to me, she muttered, 
She groaned as she got to her feet. Then she dragged herself to the front of the mirror. Aloysia's dead had a reflection. There's a lot I can explain. But how can I explain the red blood of blood in the whites of my eye? How the fuck did that end up happening? She mumbled to herself. She ran her finger along her shoulder and groaned loudly when she touched where the bullet had passed through. I almost made it out without any injuries, she continued to say. She spotted a red blot of blood on the bandage and she sighed. I guess I'm going to need a clean wrap. Thanks, whoever you are, she declared, curling her lips in disdain. She circled her index fingers along the blob and pushed into it. The pain shot through all her body and she closed her eyes in response. She began rapid shallow breaths as the pain subsided. The moment it happened began to play in her head. The ecstasy of that moment was unrivaled. She pictured Mike on the ground, clutching at his neck as his crimson red blood oozed everywhere. The seconds of joy she achieved as her life's goals fell into place at that very moment. I was so close. All I needed to do was get on that radio and give the order. Then that fucker barged through the door. It had taken only a second to realize what was happening. Normally I would have expected the man to be shocked by what he was seeing. I could have leveraged that second of shock to gun him down. But he rushed in with the intention of shoot first and ask questions later. She paused, opened her eyes, and stared at the reflection again. Let's see. I remember laughing as Mike fell silent. I remember screaming, I fucking killed the drug and baron. I remember rolling under the bed and shooting the man. I remember struggling to get into the elevator. But that is where my recall ends. How did I get here? She stared at the reflection in silence. The door to the room swung open, and Valter walked into the room with a tray of orange juice, a small bowl of eggs, and new dressing for her wound. I come bearing fucking gifts, he declared with a chuckle. Come on over here, boss. I'll make the redressing quick. Aloysia turned around and began shuffling towards Volta, who was sitting on the bed. You couldn't have chosen a more barren place, Aloysia said. I see you have got your sense of humor back, Volta responded with a chuckle. Aloysia stayed at the empty room with its modern layout, cemented floor, and large windows inside. She sat on the bed and faced Walter, who got to walk, handing her the orange drink and the bowl of eggs. You want to eat something before I start wrapping you up? Aloysia shook her head. I think you should just get it over with. You really have to stay fucking hydrated, boss. Now more than ever, Walter responded quickly. I've always been curious, Walter. Do you say all these curse words just to see how I react? Of course not, Valter responded. This is just how I like to talk. Valter stared at the blood stain on her shoulder. You must have laid on your arm through the night. I'm going to tighten the wrap a bit more this time. I think the pressure will help. Valter began unwrapping the bandage while Aloysia stared at him suspiciously. After a period of silence, she let out an exasperated breath. 
What happened to my eye? Aloysia asked, pointing to the red and the white of her eye. Am I going to lose it? Oh, Volta responded, taking aback. Nothing, boss. Just ignore it for now. It will clear up in a week or two. I'm asking what happened to it, Volta, Aloysia retorted. Blunt force trauma, boss. What does that mean? When the elevator door opened, you were bleeding profusely and laughing hysterically. Someone had to take you down. Take me down? You were poised to attack, or so I assumed. You were there? I did that to you, Volta said, unwrapping her shoulder. It still looks good. No infection. No complications. And your fever subsided. I think you'll be as good as new in a few weeks. Volta took the new wraps and slowly began wrapping her shoulder with it. So you hit me. With. With the butt of my gun. Honestly. I was aiming for your chin. But you growled and turned just as I was about to make contact. The good thing is it knocked you right out. And I just picked you up, placed you on my back, and walked you out. You're heavier than you fucking look. Ouch! Aloysia groaned. Too tight? Aloysia scowled at him. I'll loosen it a little bit more, Valter said with a smile. There's a lot more you're not telling me, isn't there? I've seen the look on every face that comes in here. I've been too tired to say much. I think I'm ready to know. I think you need some time to rest. Once you're back to full recovery, we can consider what to do next, Volta said, giving a crooked smile. There. Done. That just looks as good as new. He turned to face Aloysia, whose narrow eyes and pursed lips signaled to him that he needed to leave. I'm guessing you won't be having that, he said, grabbing the tray with the food in it. I'll come back in here in a bit to see how you're doing. Walter stood up and headed towards the door. Why is Antonio not here, Walter? Aloysia called to him as she sat on the side of the bed. I think we should talk about this when you're feeling better, boss. Walter grabbed the handle and was about to pull it short. If you step out of this room without answering me, you will face the consequences. Do you understand, Walter? Aloysia clenched her fist and stared at Volta, who was frozen at the door. This hands will tear you limb from limb. Boss. Volta stared at Aloysia in horror as his lips quivered. I, I think we should. Aloysia stood from the bed and took a step in his direction. The men never got the go-ahead, boss, Volta said dropping the tray and stepping back. Then the explosions in the darkness. The explosions? Aloysia asked, unclenching her fist. The drunken baron had outflanked us. He sent a man to take Caspar out. This was happening while you were in the hotel. As they retreated, they began setting off explosives they planted, and that resulted in a significant amount of chaos in the darkness area. 
A lot of our men, who had waited in there in case reinforcements was needed, were killed. The men who were in the colony were forced to retreat and help some of the men out. Aloysius sat back on the bed. Did Antonia betray us? He was the point of failure in case I failed. Antonio, Volta paused. Aloysius slowly turned the gaze towards him. Go on. Antonio never made it out, Volta continued. Aloysius began to feel her breath escaping her. She clutched her sheets as she struggled to grasp what was being said. Why did he do it? Did he not trust me? Boss, you have it wrong, Walter interjected quickly. The superintendent got to him before he could send a signal. The superintendent? Aloysia looked up. Not possible. One of our men saw his body being brought out from the building. He had a knife in his neck. Walter said in a solemn tone, No! 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 Aloysia shook her head relentlessly. Everything I planned is falling apart. A tear rolled down her cheek as she rubbed her temple. There's more, Walter continued. The city district now has a heavy presence in the colony district. It seems the superintendent saw the void and acted faster than we could. So every day, you see the city swarming with cops. We need to regroup. Get the men together. We need to prepare to push back, Aloysia responded forcefully. There's no longer a team, boss. The men dispersed into the city district as soon as they got the opportunity. We only have about five men remaining. They're the most loyal of the men, and they're entirely dedicated to you. That's funny. Because everyone said they were dedicated to me before the mission. Aloysia shut back. You really need to rest, boss, Walter responded, striking a tone of concern. Who is the superintendent? Aloysia asked. What can you tell me about him, her? It's a her. Not much. We have mainly focused on the drug and baron. I have not been paying much attention to the politics in the city district. Nothing? Not where she's from, where she lives? How can I get my fingers clasped around her neck? Walter sighed. I know where she is at least for now. I'll give you more information when you're back to full strength. No! Aloysia exclaimed, pushing herself up from the bed. She felt her knees buckle and she sat back down. She has to pay for what she did. She will, boss. Just as soon as you're ready to dish it out, Walter said, striking an understanding tone. We will have to be careful with whatever plan you come up with. The superintendent's men have flooded the city now. They're everywhere, Walter said in a solemn tone. Who treated me? Aloysia asked. I saw him the other night. Dr. Adelbert. He owed me a few favors, Walter responded. Aloysia sat in silence. Everything I fought so hard to achieve, Aloysia began, laying back on the pillow. She took it all away. The only person in the world I truly loved 
fell to her knife. She has to pay for it. She will pay for it, boss. Elijah felt the overwhelming sense of exhaustion come over her again. She let the feeling take over, and soon she was back in her room. Molly and Polly sat quietly on the dresser, the freckled face of her 13-year-old self reflecting back at her. The door to her room swung open, and a seven-year-old boy walked in, sobbing. My shirts are getting smaller, he exclaimed, pointing to his right arm jutting out of his small shirt. Aloysia stared at him as the tears began to flow uncontrollably down her cheeks. Everything is going to be fine, she said under her breath as she reached out to touch him. Everything is going to be fine. <laughs>